Thank you, Julie. Thank you, children. What a lovely, what a lovely morning we had. I think to see children in action and so many. If you think, uh, if you go back in time, so many witnesses, so many people that saw those events. He has risen indeed, and every day, every day we should celebrate Jesus's resurrection in our lives. And I remember last Sunday when we spoke about that main piece of evidence that Jesus was resurrected. Someone came to me, I think it was Norma, came to me, and she said, that's absolutely fine, but I know he has risen because he is in my heart. And that's true. Jesus can be in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So we know he's alive. We know he is with us. So a verse for us this morning to be encouraged is in John chapter 20, verse 29. Because we speak about evidence, we speak about people who saw the events. But what here the Bible says, And Jesus said to him, to Thomas, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So blessed are those who, us, who are gathered here, and we have not seen those events, but we believe from all our heart that he has risen. So let this verse be uh, in this season in our hearts. We are blessed because we believe, although we haven't seen him directly. And we are more than conquerors through Christ. There is another verse in Romans 8, 37. Whatever we may be going through, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Why? Because he has conquered death. And uh, if he has conquered death, death is the final frontier, if you like. We, we saw that sci-fi movie. The final frontier for us is death. And uh, as people, you know, we are sure of two things. One, that we were born, we exist. And the second one is that one day, unfortunately, we will die. So between those two points, the date of our birth and the day we're going to die, it's our life. It's our life. And as people, we focus so much on this, what happens between these two points. But Jesus was more interested in what happens after people will die. That's our eternity. That's our eternal life with God. And he conquered that you know, enemy for us, the death. So he conquered death. And whoever believes in him, the Bible promised eternal life. So amen to that, and hallelujah. What a great news we have. Jesus' resurrection. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't need to die and be resurrected for himself. He didn't need that because he was God. He did that for us so that we can be with him. So praise the Lord for that. This morning, we just carry on, we'll carry on with um, thinking and understanding the resurrection. Because... In the scripture, it says, I think in Peter, I'll, I'll leave it with you to find. But it says there, be ready, be prepared to answer if someone has some questions about our faith. We need to be ready to give the right answers. So that's why it's important to understand the resurrection and those events. And what are the evidence, evidences for us as Christians? So this morning, I'll only focus on one other character, which who, who, whose life was transformed miraculously, if you like. So we're going to look at James in the scripture. James, as we know, was uh, Jesus' brother, 
from Mary and Joseph. The scripture says they had uh, other children after, uh, obviously, Jesus. So looking at James, this character with a dramatic change in his life, what made him change from being an unbeliever to a believer? James wrote, as we know, a book in the New Testament. is the letter of James. And uh, he must have been so religious, as all Jewish men at that time used to be, very religious, and uh, a lot of preconceptions and superstitions and rituals and ceremonies and so on. As I remember, uh, my grandmother, she was such a religious woman and very, very superstitious. Some of the things she used to, to do were kind of really funny. So I'll give you an example. Uh, there was that superstition, probably here as well, uh, she used to tell us, you know, if you go somewhere and a black cat, a black cat crosses your way, wow, that's bad luck. You need to stop right there, do three steps back, and do a cross with your tongue three times in your mouth, like, mm, 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 mm. and that's it. You know, the luck, you're going you're gonna to have a, a really good day. So she was, um, she was so funny with those things. But we as kids, we believed her. So every time you go to school, you see a black cat crossing your way. Ooh, that's danger. So you'll stop and do all those things. Imagine if you have one of those days where more than one black cat will cross your way. You're going to have a, a fever um, at the end. So Jesus came to bring people freedom. Freedom from all these old customs and religious ceremonies. He came to give us freedom, and freedom indeed. Through Jesus, we have direct access to the Lord, our, to God, our Father. He came and opened the door for us. Everyone who believes in him, everyone who follows him, has direct access to the Father. Jesus used to say, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And he was the truth for us. Amen to that. So James was part of, as we said, Jesus' uh, earthly family. Um, and we all know, in a family, you know all the good and bads of someone, right? We've been through COVID. We lived in our houses for a long time with our you know, children, um, husband, wives, and, and you know, our bubble, as they call it. So we saw you know, good and bads in our lives. But hopefully we saw more good things, love and care. Um, but James lived with Jesus for 30 years, and still he did not believe that he was the Messiah. In the scripture, we find out in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, people were asking, is it not, is it not this the carpenter was saying about Jesus? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? James knew Jesus and grew up with him. And he found it hard to believe that he was indeed the Messiah. In fact, apart from Mary and Joseph, none of his uh, family members believed while he was uh, working uh, for God. Not, not, none of them believed that he was the Messiah. And in John chapter 7, verses 15, we, we found out, for even his brothers did not believe in him. They did not believe in him. In fact, there are some verses where they thought he's out of his mind for the, some, some of the things he was saying, you know, about the fact that he is the son of God, that he can forgive uh, our sins. That's what they thought about him, including James. 
And Jesus was saddened about the fact that people in his town did not believe in him. In Luke chapter 4, verse 24, he says, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. A prophet is not received in his own house. And we see sometimes in our lives when you want to be a testimony for, for the closed ones, sometimes it's not received, isn't it? So Jesus was right. So James saw Jesus for 30 years, and he didn't believe in him during this time. So the question is, what happened that James changed his mind so radically? What happened? And we read last Sunday in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 7, where Jesus, he says in here, after that, Jesus appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. We see here, see here Apostle Paul brings out first James, that Jesus was shown himself to James. So what happened in James's life? He really saw Jesus alive. So James changed from being an unbeliever to a believer in Jesus, as the Messiah, as the Savior. And he wrote, as we said, a book in the New Testament, James' letter, which is considered, by the way, the first book chronologically that was written in the New Testament with Galatians the second. So God used James to write the first book in the New Testament. And in that book, James writes about Christ as the one before all people are humbled. He presents Christ as the one who controls the history and as the coming king. In his book, James identifies himself as a slave to God. Let's read the first verse in, in the book of James. He says, James, a servant of God, and the Lord Jesus Christ. He begins his book by humbling himself in front of God and Jesus. And you know, when people are meeting with a celebrity on Facebook, we all know, let's take a selfie, let's uh, you know, say who we met with, an important person. James could have said in the book, do you know what, I was with Jesus, I saw him. You know, but he didn't. He was so humbled, probably ashamed that during Jesus' life, he did not believe in him. So what happened? Why this transformation in James's life? It was for sure because he was Jesus alive. He saw Jesus alive. There is no other explanation. So that is logical for us to understand when we celebrate Easter that Jesus really rose from the dead. And we see that in James's life. Actually, 40 days after the tomb was empty, on the day of Pentecost, we find Mary praying in the upper room with the rest of the disciples. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says in here, These all, with one mind, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So James became the first leader of the church in Jerusalem. He seems to be the main leader, as we know today, like, like a pastor, maintaining the right doctrine. We know from the scripture that Paul goes and meets with him and asks his advice. For example, in Galatians chapter 1, verses 18 19, Paul says here, Then after three days I went up to Jerusalem to get acquainted 
with Cephas, Cephas the Peter, and stayed with him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. James is named one of the esteemed pillars of the early church in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, 10. It says in here, James, Peter, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. So Paul reported to James. So we see here that in James's life, it was a dramatic transformation. And what do we learn from here? Let's make ourselves available to God. He can use us. He can use us in various ways as he used James. And this is really, really exciting to see the dramatic transformation in James's life and others as we heard this morning. And um, just as a final thoughts and meditation this morning, you know, after his resurrection, Jesus asks the, the woman, he said, who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And it's the same question for us today in our lives. Sometimes for us the question is, what are you looking for? Because people in their lives, they're looking for things to fulfill their hearts, to fulfill their need of happiness. What are we looking for? Maybe we're looking for career, for jobs, for money, for pleasure. We're looking for very posh holidays, when actually in Jesus we can have freedom. In Jesus, we can have everything. So let's change the question, what are we looking for, to the question, who are we looking for? And this morning, I will encourage you to find Jesus. If you're looking for someone, Mary at the tomb, she was looking for someone, not for something. She was looking for Jesus, and she found him. As many others, we see James also, he understood, he found Jesus. Because happiness is not brought by the things we have, is brought by who we are and who we are with. You can be very happy on a holiday in Brighton if you are in the right company, isn't it? Or if you go in Miami, whatever, posh company, but with stress and fight and arguments, that's not going to be a happy holiday. But with Jesus, we see he transforms us from, out, from inwards to, to um, give us a new heart internally. He transforms our hearts and minds. And I'll end up with this scripture, which is amazing testimony, again, of what Jesus did for us. And let's listen carefully. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9, Peter says here, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We see here, he has given us new birth into a living hope. New birth. We were all kind of, you know, running around from God. Distressed, stressed, and so on. But Jesus, through the resurrection from the dead, he gave us a new hope. And into an inheritance, it says here, that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you and for me who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice. Are we rejoicing this morning in this hope, in what Jesus did for us? In this, you greatly rejoice. 
Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We all have trials of different sorts. The scripture says, yes, we may have to go through this. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. See again here. Though we have not seen him, we love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Is this in our hearts, my friends? Is this in our hearts? Inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So help us, God, that we all believe in him, that we all received him. Through all the things that life has to offer, let's find and choose Jesus for our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.